This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome into another edition of the Bar Conversations. I hope you struck it with Rich with Rich Strike in the Derby. If not, if you didn't hit the big long shot, we got a great episode for you to put you in a better mood as your week goes on. We talk with the up-and-coming country artist Dane Lewis, and then for our tasting notes, we talk with 911 Bourbon about how to spot a scam because you never want that, those hard-earned dollars, especially if you hit a big with Strike It Rich uh, to go away. Remember, you can find us on our social media at Hop Spirits, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We're also on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get into a fun episode. It's almost time. Where did I where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for tasting notes. Joining us once again for a tasting notes is 911 Bourbon, whose real name is Mikey. Mikey, welcome in. <laughs> hey, appreciate being here again. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you taking time to pass along some, some good knowledge. It was on our first chat, it was really great to just kind of get to know know who you are, how you got into this, and and just a little bit about what 911 Bourbon is. And and for those that may have missed that, what, what is 911 Bourbon? Uh, what, what can they find when they find you on Instagram? Sure. Uh, so whenever you uh, you look at my page there on Instagram, uh, Facebook, working on the TikTok now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Get yeah, fancy. <laughs> yeah, trying to. Uh, no, but essentially, like whenever you come to my page, this is going to be just information uh, for people uh, to to use whatever I put out uh, to essentially protect themselves and protect their followers from being scammed uh, by these people here on social media. For to uh, I was going to say. I mean, when. When, when people are trying to kind of see that, obviously, if they go to your page, they can kind of get an idea of what's out there in terms of the scammers and so forth. But when they're just scrolling through Instagram or maybe they get this random DM in their their inbox, what can they look for, for as a scam? Like what, what should be the, some red flags right off the bat? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so I'll, I'll say this. This is always my number one rule is don't buy anything from someone you don't know off the of social media. Uh, it, it's always going to be a, a bad decision uh, unless you just get incredibly lucky. And more times than not, if it's too good to be true, yeah. So, uh, but essentially, like, yeah, uh, people who are unsoliciting, you know, sending you a DM saying, "Hey, look, I got these these bottles." Uh, and typically, what these scammers will do, uh, what I've noticed over time, is they'll send a very lengthy uh, description of what they have for sale, right? And so, like, they'll say, like, "Oh." okay, Blanton's is 120 and they'll say like Blanton's single barrel, 120, but you know, a Pappy 10 years, only like 80 bucks. Right? So like we know like just from valuations, even in like your local bourbon groups and stuff like that, those are not uh, <laughs> as uh, much as we wish. Those are uh, uh, right. Right. <laughs> this is not the early, you know, two thousands where, you know, you can actually buy these things off the shelf and, and just walk around. Um, uh, but essentially, uh, I'll say this, like I, I was terrible with like, english and, and grammar but i think we all have like this way of knowing like you know how to like use a comma appropriately or use a period appropriately stuff like that um and just the word wording just most of the time seems awkward with these people uh, you know it's hard to like just pull one off the top of my head it's like look for wellers to give you good life kind of just random random wording um, so I'll just typically stay away from those, but yeah, like anytime that anyone's approaching you saying that, you know, they, they're going to sell you these whiskey and bourbon, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for it. 
<laughs> that is how you, you keep your your money good good and in, in your wallet and not to theirs and and I feel like too you know obviously some people they're they're just maybe not thinking they've had a long day they're scrolling scrolling through and maybe they just see a post from someone that maybe did follow them or they followed them back you know and when, when you're looking at those pictures and stuff how is there a good way that people can go okay that might be kind of sketchy or a scam I mean what what are some things to maybe at least look out and go hey maybe I should look closer into their account before I do anything. Sure. Um, so essentially um, there's this kind of trend where they'll just post an infinite amount of posts within like two hours. Right. Um, and so say like they've got 80 posts, but the first one was, you know, at nine o'clock AM that day. No, <laughs> stay away from that. Uh, but, you know, also like their captions to be like, you know, like DM for bottles, hit me up. You know, I got the store goods, like, whatever um you know i accept bitcoin or you know i'll take cash app or something like that and in no store that i know of is is going to be asking they want those uh, yeah but yeah just looking out for for those kind of uh newer accounts i think and then just looking at the pictures to see if there's like any kind of indicator that it belongs to someone else. um whether that's like a watermark or something well, I was going to say, too, and I feel like they're getting a little more creative because, you know, there for a while they would just post bottle pictures and that would it. But now if you look at some of them, they do have pictures of people. Although, like you said, if you scroll maybe far enough back, you might see a whole different person. So, I mean, what, are you seeing more of that kind of stuff, too, and, and issues there? Absolutely. And I think this is kind of uh, becoming a systems-wide issue, if you will, um, because... Essentially, uh, the way that I understand that this new scam is working is that someone's going to be sending you a message on Instagram with a link and they're like, hey, look, I got locked out of my account. Can I have Instagram send you this link to verify that, you know, like, so it's very weird how it's how it's done. And I, I don't really understand it completely, but essentially they're sending you this link. And if you open that link, it gives them access to your account. And then they just completely like just take over. Um, so then, you know, they'll start stealing your personal pictures and uploading them then, or, you know, changing the handle, changing your password. You can't have access to that. But, you know, some other times they'll look for just, you know, random, uh, you know, Jon Snow out here and uh, will steal all of his pictures of, you know, him and his family and stuff and uh, appear to be an actual individual within the community. Uh, but again, like I said, you know, a lot of those are kind of done uh very quickly uh they're about you know posted two hours ago and then you'll see like a plethora of posts go. Uh, so yeah just take your time you know whiskey and bourbon is always going to be there um but yeah kind of vet who you're, you're looking at so. well well mikey I, I appreciate it as always and you can find him at 911 bourbon on instagram facebook and tiktok too <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate yeah. it mikey absolutely thanks for having me Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopSpirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations is country singer-songwriter Dane Lewis. Dane, welcome in. How's it going, John? How you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I got a drink in front of me, so I cannot complain. Uh, cool, cool temps. I mean, you got anything good? 
Yeah, just a Miller Lite tonight. I, uh, my guitar player drinks that crap, so that was all I had left in my fridge tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do a little work on the fridge then, I guess, over the weekend, have a little too much fun, or just uh, yeah, got, got a little we're low? In the, we were in the studio all week last week, and uh, yeah, we kind of uh, warranted uh, tapping into the a couple cases pretty good, so we got her done, but... <laughs> Well, so I, I've got a little whiskey. That I'm from, I got a little rabbit hole, uh, oh. a little, little bourbon, a little, little straight bourbon. I don't know what this one's finished in because they do some some fun stuff like that. But um, but figured I'd grab that real quick because I haven't opened that one in a little bit. Are you? I mean, you got. We're going to be talking about a song here called "Whiskey Wears Off" in a little bit. Are you a whiskey guy too, or or oh, just yeah. beer only? Uh, I'm uh I'm pretty good about. Uh, spreading my wings when it comes to my alcoholism uh <laughs> i'm actually i'm a big jameson guy uh lately i've been really on a big jameson orange kick uh I don't, they just started coming out with that about a month or two ago i think and so jameson orange and sprite has been my go-to as of late but there you go branching out a little bit i was gonna ask you before you said that uh, have you had the orange because i've seen several people having it um because I'm, I'm guessing it's good it's really good. It, it's I didn't expect it to be, and I think that's probably why it's good. I thought it was going to suck, and then it was great. So. There you go. There you go. Now, uh, you know, the, I love this 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 show one because you know I get to talk to folks like yourself, but two, it's it's called bar conversations. So the whole goal is to have some fun conversations. And I was scrolling through your social media, and I believe the photographer who did your photo shoot posted a, I think it was like a memory type thing of remember that one time when we got hit up for like a hundred dollars at a parking lot. Yeah. So, so I figured what better way to start talking about, about you, you and, and your music than to talk about your photo shoot that you got hit up in a parking lot. <laughs> oh, dude, so great. Um, so our photographer back home in Iowa, Britton Hackey, uh, he's amazing. He did, he does awesome work and uh, he shot this, like it was kind of a snowy scene of this old motel. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. We should have band pictures in front of that. He's like, yeah, that sounds great. So we, we show up there and, you know, uh, Britain always tends to check with people like before we go to places and make sure that everything's clear and good to go. Um, but I, I don't, I, for whatever reason, someone wasn't there or whatever that he couldn't check with. And he said, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll go do it. And then this guy comes out, Asked, he, he spoke very broken English and he was kind of asking what we were doing and he didn't really understand. Well, then he calls his boss and his boss was saying like, well, do they want to rent a room? And it's like, this is kind of one of those motels where it's more like paid by the hour than paid by the night. Um, and, uh, so so it's, it's, it may not be a, a five-star hotel. <laughs> uh, less than, yeah. Uh, I don't uh, I wouldn't like to sit on the bed uh, in a hazmat suit, but I won't say the name of it or where it's located. But um, anyways, uh, so the, the owner of the establishment gets on the line and he goes, well, do you want to rent a room? I said, do I need to rent a room? Like I said, I just, we're just taking pictures for our band. He goes, well, uh, you know, he goes, I can rent you a room. And I said, well, I'll rent a room. Okay. What is it? You know? And he's like, um, hundred dollars and it'll be okay. And I was like, a hundred dollars for this whole like come on man like whatever i said fine so i just threw the dude to benjamin but i was like all right well if i'm gonna pay this guy a hundred dollars after that the front desk clerk guy was like our best friend he got a couple pictures with us and stuff like that he thought it was the coolest thing this rock and roll band is taking pictures outside the hotel <laughs> funny so he's like anything else i can do for you guys and we're like you got a ladder 
And he goes, yeah. I'm like, cool, we're getting on that roof. So we, uh, we hopped up on the roof and took a bunch of pictures in front of the motel sign. And um, my buddy that was with us, he just came and tagged along for the photo shoot. Uh, he grabbed a case of beer and a bunch of cigars and stuff like that. So you see my bass player. My bass player had a cigar and a, and a beer and all, like a lot of the pictures and stuff. And we were all just kind of powering around. But it was actually – it turned out to be a really, really good photo shoot, and it was it was the most fun I'd ever had on a photo shoot. But <laughs> yeah, it was a it was kind of a goofy deal to get going there, and Britain's like, "I'm so sorry, I didn't expect for you to get shook down for a hundred bucks." <laughs> like, eh, whatever, man. Like, I was gonna say, you got a good story to tell, and you got some really cool pictures because, uh, like, like I said, those are a lot of the pictures that you use for 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 your promotional stuff. I mean, like that's that those continue to get used. Yep. No, they worked. So we'll, we'll keep them as long as we can. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I, I, you gotta love love how some things happen, and there's always stories behind. I feel like everything, and I also saw where you've got a couple tattoos. I think you got some music related tattoos yeah. and different things. So, what what goes into that for you? And I mean, you got meaning behind a lot of those, or or just you know spur of the moment type deals, or what? Sure. Um, my running joke is everyone goes, what do your tattoos mean? I'm like, it means I had about $600 laying around at one point in time. Uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, yeah, because they're not small. They're not small. <laughs> no, and, yeah, and tat- if, if you get good ones, they're not cheap, hopefully. But um, no, I got this guitar on the inside of my arm here. And uh, the lyrics in it say, funny how a melody sounds like a memory. So that's from Springsteen by our church. And I like, I just like that line because that's kind of what, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of musicians kind of strive to have, you know, make memories out of their shows. And then I got a, one of my more recent ones, I got a quill pen on my right hand because I'm a writer. And um, that's about all it means. I kind of got like a Second Amendment slash Bill of Rights kind of thing on my uh, upper arm there just because I, uh, I think we really need to hinge on, you know, keeping whatever rights we got because once you get one taken away and all of them are no good, you know, from freedom of speech to, you know, anything. So, um, yeah, that and I got a... Uh, tattoo from my buddy that's passed away on my back um i got uh, the state of iowa outlined on over my heart and uh, a star on my hometown sergeant bluff iowa and uh then i call my uh, i call my right leg my f off leg uh i got a tattoo a little tiny guitar pick uh with two of my friends initials in it on my thigh and then i got a, a weird little skull thing that i got I got that in Phoenix, Arizona, and I got a weird little skull thing on the back of my calf in Hawaii. So I was like, well, as I tour, I'm just going to get, like, a different tattoo from a different state all over my leg. So, <laughs> so like, the, therefore, just F it, and whatever ends up happening on that leg happens. Yep, exactly. I was like, I wear jeans all the time anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Until that one day you're on the beach and someone goes, what in yeah. the world happened? I can crap on your leg. Well... <laughs> Well, you, you you talk about Iowa. You know, I know I know you just recently moved uh, from from Iowa to Nashville. How's that going? Yes, sir. Last week, um, well, let's see. Now, I guess it'd be about a week and a half ago. Um, it went great. Um, it's it the drive never really gets shorter. Um, but I had some friends with me this time. This is about twelve hours from my hometown in Iowa to Nashville, and got out here about ten o'clock at night and. Dropped a couch and a mattress, passed out, and uh, next day we got up, tried to get some different stuff and kind of organize ourselves a little bit for the next two days. And then the whole following week, we were in the studio from like 10 to 6. And so then we get out, and then everyone wanted to go drink or go. We went and caught a Predators game, and 
did all kinds of different stuff. So it's been pretty hectic. I finally, uh, I finally, I got my washer and dryer the initial weekend that I got here, but my dryer plug was like shorting out. Um, so the electrician came today, so I haven't had a dryer since I've been here. So I finally got to do laundry today. I was stoked about that. <laughs> I was going to say, were you running out? I mean, I feel like that's a long time to go. I was just, yeah, a week and a half was pushing it. I mean, I think I probably could have made it about three or four more days before I would have had to start recycling underwear or something like that. But <laughs> Just make a trip to Target, you know, just yeah. you know, get the essentials. <laughs> now, now, I know, I, I think, well, obviously leaving home is always tough, but I also saw where you, um, you, your uh, companion, Otis, you couldn't bring him just because, you know, lifestyle is not exactly the best for that. Can you talk a little bit about him and, and just kind of what he means? And I'm sure that had to be tough. Yeah, man. Um, I got I got a Bernie's Mountain Dog back last uh, February 21. And uh, I, I was living with some friends of mine and they had a dog that had really bad separation anxiety. So they were looking to get another dog. And um, basically, uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to get, I said, I love these Bernie's Mountain Dogs. A friend of mine, my tour manager, Missy, has one. Um, or has two of them. And so she's awesome and loves the, these dogs are great. And like her dog, Abe is like the smartest dog I've ever met in my life. Like, I want one of these dogs. Well, I must've got the discount rack and cap dog because my <laughs> like a crackhead, but he's hilarious. I love that dog so much. And, um, so anyways, uh, in the event that I wasn't going to be able to keep him, my friends were going to keep him. Um, and then, you know, uh, that would help with their dog bear. But, um, then, uh, we lost my dad to COVID in November and my mom, I'm an only child. So my mom was by herself. So I was like, well, this kind of works out well, um, that she could take Otis and have some, you know, someone to come home to and kind of someone to watch out at the farm and stuff like that. And, uh, and just with the, yeah, with the lifestyle out here, you know, being gone on the weekends and, um, you know, when you are home, you're still kind of running all over God's country. I just, it wasn't fair to him to be sitting at home or stuck in any sort of a, uh, a kennel all day. So I, I thought that'd be the best move for him. And I, it's, it's, he's doing super well with mom. So. And, and are you doing okay? No, I'm, I'm emotionally scarred and absolutely puking and throwing up every night, but no. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it gives you a good yeah. reason to go home, an extra reason besides to see mom to go see Otis now. There you go. Exactly. That's what I told her too when I left. She's like, she's like, well, as much as you miss that fur ball, I'm gonna miss you. And I just, I was laughing. I was like, well, now I have to come home. I have to see my son. But no. <laughs> so no, it's it's good, man. Uh, it's no, he's he's super happy. He's got a farm to run around on, and like I said, it's the best thing for him right now. And then if I buy a house here or something like that in a couple of years, and God forbid get married or something like that, then someone will be home to watch out for him. That'd be all right. So. Yeah, I was gonna say lifestyle can be tough when you when you're kind of getting everything moving in in, in this business of of music yeah. and 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 everything that can just go so crazy with that. You you talk about you know growing up in Iowa. I mean, you've got the the state tattooed. I mean, how how big of an impact did Iowa have on you? Just or influence you as far as music and just life in general? Honestly, man, uh, Iowa was. I, I I look at it a lot as a man. I couldn't have picked a better place to grow up and. Uh, kind of go to the school of hard knocks and a place to get really good values. Um, because I mean, growing up, my, my dad and I farmed my whole life. So, I mean, between that and growing up with people that, you know, I mean, it, it, 
I don't know how to describe it other than just it's it's super down home. Everybody's willing to help everybody, willing to lend a hand, and uh, they always call Iowa nice uh, because you know just simple things here that. And Nashville is like a big small town too. Not to knock Nashville on being polite or anything like that, but it's just kind of funny. People be like, "Why are you willing to do that?" And I was like, "Well, I'll give you a ride, dude. I mean, that's fine or whatever." Just kind of simple stuff like that. And uh, he, uh, yeah. So Iowa, Iowa was a really uh, great place to just be down home and get really good values and um, set me on my way. Especially, uh, uh, you, you can suffer all four seasons in a day. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that in Kentucky. We had that like two weeks ago. It was wild. Yeah. <laughs> Snow and then it's 70 by the afternoon and then a thunderstorm that night. And it's like, good knit. So, I mean, it, it prepares you also for going on the road and being in different climates and stuff like that, too. So, well, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, growing up on a farm, I mean, like, if you're singing about that, like, some people, they, they don't know it, but you actually put in the work on the farm. Yeah, man. Um, no, it's it's. I always like to pride myself on the fact that most all my songs are actually from personal stories and real things that I've done and things that I've lived. Um, there's there's literally two or three of them I think that are just fabricated stories that I made up that I just thought sounded good. But for the most part, yeah, it's it's all true stories, and that that was really formative. With uh, you know, I listened to a lot of like classic rock and stuff like that growing up, and. Um, but on Sundays they'd play football on the rock stations. So I'd listen to these country <laughs> songs. Man, this actually kind of lines up to my life a lot. So I, I started kind of getting into country and writing that kind of music. And um, it's just I, I love the storytelling aspect of all of it. So it's I had a, I had plenty of fuel for the fire growing up where I did. Well, I mean, I was gonna say, I mean, what what were some of the things that you, that you grew up with? I mean, as far as influences and, and music. I mean, you mentioned the rock and. And then obviously country a, a little bit. I mean, any any of them that stood out to you that just have always stuck with you or just kind of, you know, I, I joke a lot of times you throw a whole bunch of things in the blender and that's just kind of how it works and, and comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, my dad was a, a Tom Petty fanatic. So w when we would get done listening to one side of the Tom Petty tape, we could flip it over and listen to the other side. And when that got rewound, guess what? Front side's ready all over again. <laughs> um no, so that was that was a big uh, big part. Tom Petty was huge when I was growing up. That was what we listened to all the time. Bob Seger, John Mellencamp, his Scarecrow album. I burnt the CD out, you know, because it's like this is exactly what you know my life's like. So a lot of those like kind of Heartland rock style. I mean, you know, I know Tom's from Florida, but Bob's from Michigan and John's from uh, Indiana. So it's like they're all kind of you know from the same wheelhouse of folks and just values and ways that I grew up. And so, yeah, a lot of that, uh, a lot of healthy dose of that, some Zeppelin, uh, all different kinds of stuff. But I really base my, my music and my style a lot off Mellencamp and uh, Bob Seger and, and Tom Petty a lot. That's that's kind of where I've got my basis for storytelling and uh, energy for shows, I guess. Well, I mean, those, those aren't very, you know, those are pretty good ones to pull from if you're going to pull from. <laughs> I, I can't go wrong if I try this. So. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, for those that get to come out and listen to you, I mean, how would you describe your style of music? I know that's always a kind of unfair question to ask because, you know, it's, it's you know, you got to be, you know, it's just, it's who you are and what, what you, you, you do. But I mean, what, what, what can people expect when they see you, you play and hear a song from you? Sure. My, uh, I, I always, I always bring this question back to more 
rather than uh, kind of describing a sound, um, and it's a lot easier to to assimilate to like certain artists. But I um, my goal when I go into every show is I want to make somebody laugh, I want to make them cry, and I want to make them buy drinks because that makes the venue a lot of money. So uh, basically, uh, I, I don't know. I kind of take everybody on a ride and try to be palate not. Not that we don't identify with one sort of style, but uh, I want to be palatable for everybody too. You know, we have slow ballad songs that have we just got out of the studio, like I said, that have just kind of like a lap steel sound to it. We have other songs that are just absolutely overloaded that should probably be on Octane or something like that. They're really hard rock <laughs> songs, and those are a lot of our favorites. But um, we want to put on a rock and roll show that tells a story, I guess, and that's kind of what I feel like a lot of rock bands and stuff like that are kind of fading from nowadays it's just kind of all theatrics versus uh telling a true story and giving someone something to chew on so uh that's that's kind of what you can expect at our shows it's a rock band that wears cowboy boots pretty much <laughs> hey i i like that I, I i like the sound and i'm gonna get to, to to the single here in a second but you talk about having fun making people laugh I had to laugh when I saw my favorite shirt ever, um, the country band with OnlyFans shirt. And you actually have a, and to make sure that that was real, you actually have an OnlyFans page. Um, so uh, what 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 happens on that OnlyFans page? Five ninety nine a month, and you can find out, John. Uh, no, uh, it's <laughs> so it was so funny. So we came up. There's this uh, there's this country singer named Paul Coffin. Uh, mm -hmm. who's and he has a t-shirt that says country band with contraband. So me and my band guys had a joke because like in 2020, everybody seemed like got an OnlyFans and a TikTok. So mm. my my bass player, Briar, was like, we should be country band with OnlyFans. And I was like, we just laughed our ass off about it. So I I, uh, I looked at, a, uh, it was like, well, I hopped on the merch site and started like kind of mocking some stuff up. And then, uh, so I just made the t-shirt. Well, then uh, my publicist, uh, she told me, she's like, well, we need to start a fan club so you can start like a Patreon or something like that. And I was like, huh, can we do an OnlyFans? And she's like, kind of taken aback a little bit. And I was like, no, 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 not like a, like a, hey, look at me. OnlyFans. I was like, can we, uh, can we do, uh, just, you know, for fan clubs. So like when you join the, the, my OnlyFans, uh, you get a, a merch discount, a 15% off merch discount on the merch store for your whole order. Um, in addition to that, like uh, we, like I said, we just got done with a new record. So my plan is to release all the songs onto my OnlyFans a week before we actually release the record. So give everybody a chance to really chew on everything and uh, kind of show some different pictures that we're not going to be. Uh, this sounds weird. I was going to say, are they tasteful? Are they tasteful? <laughs> no pictures that we're not posted on Instagram and stuff like that. Just kind of behind the scenes stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else and. Um, yeah. And then there's also like, uh, a lot of very good, tasteful photoshops. Like, uh, I think, I think a couple of Mondays ago I, I posted, uh, like my, my head photoshopped on a, on a Burt Reynolds naked laying on a bearskin rug or whatever. My, yeah, check this out. Here's your, try that for your only fans. And I was like, Oh, cool. That's the post today. So um yeah no it's I, I thought that was a hilarious we got some new merch options coming out pretty soon that uh are gonna allude to that too but and then i uh on all my guitar picks it shows i have a qr code on the back that leads to my link tree that has my only fans at the top so i don't know it's 
kind of a take it or leave it joke for a lot of people, but I think it's kind of a funny thing. That, uh, I, I people... love it. And what's funny is that's kind of what OnlyFans was supposed to kind of be <laughs> when it started. <laughs> yeah, before it became porn. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it... <laughs> and then they were so shocked it happened. And, and you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Your own, but yeah, that's what it was actually intended for. And people, I have friends that give guitar lessons on only, but well, they did until like you know, their parents wanted to quit paying for it for the kids that they were sending to them. So, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of a funny thing overall, but uh, but yeah, I, I used it for the actual intent and purpose. And I don't know, the other thing I thought about was I was like, well, if someone really wants to know if I uh, if I'm doing this, at least they'll pay the five dollars a month and maybe they'll enjoy it while they're there and stay with it. So. <laughs> I love that, and I, I love, you can tell you just have fun. You guys have 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 a good time, and yeah. and I mean, I'm, I mean, is that I'm guessing that's just your personality in general. Have fun, put on like you said, put on a good show, just have a good time. I mean, is there anything different than that? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, and that's a lot of like what I tell everybody from my my on stage persona, and my off stage persona. I, I think my off stage persona might not be as. Uh, affluent to who i actually am as much as on stage because it's kind of funny on stage like i mean i'll tell jokes and just point at people in the crowd and pick people and stuff like that and it's it's fun um but when you get off stage and you kind of get swarmed a little bit then i'll just kind of get overwhelmed and kind of oh hi thank you very much <laughs> you know? but yeah i know I, I just i think if if you're a real human on stage versus someone that's kind of really scripted and everything like that people can relate to it a lot more so I always just try to carry that that mo with me everywhere I go. Well, I was gonna say I, I think people can also uh, uh, relate to to the, the your uh, I guess debut single lead single that's out on Spotify and everything. Uh, Whiskey wears off. I mean, what what does that song mean mean to you? And how how did you come up with that one? Uh, true story. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it basically I was going home one morning from somewhere I shouldn't have been, and uh, I had used that night that line the night prior. Um, it's, like I said, the story's all in the song and, um, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. And I was just riding, I was driving home the next morning really early and I was like, might not love you in the whiskey wears off. I was like, that's, that's a pretty good one. And I was like, that's a song lyric is what that is. So I went home at like five thirty six o'clock in the morning and snuck in and I mean, you know, I lived there, but my roommate, I didn't want to wake her up. And then, um, her dog came out and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, okay, oh, cool. So we went in the room and me and Abe sat down and wrote Whiskey Wears Off. It was pretty funny. So, uh, but yeah, it just poured out in about five minutes and I just recounted the evening as exactly as it happened. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. It, it's, it's a true thing that a lot of people, uh, I don't know if they want to just put themselves on a pedestal and act like they're, uh, they're above uh, basic human emotions of I might not be in love with somebody after, you know, the deed or something like that. Um, but you know, I just, it's a cold, hard truth song. It's just something that a lot of people feel, but don't want to talk about. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm an open book on that kind of stuff. Like I, I joke about stuff that you shouldn't joke about. So <laughs> it, I mean, you I, have an only fans page. I mean, what, yeah, what, what can we expect? I might not love you when the whiskey wears off. Like, I think it's kind of funny, honestly. So, it worked. A lot of people like it, so we're we're running with it. Well, I mean, it's, it's a great song, and and I mean, is it weird sometimes? Because I've asked this to a few others. Is it weird when you actually legitimately put your story in there? It, it's one thing when it's kind of an idea, or maybe 
part of a story and then you build a story around it and so forth. But is it kind of weird to do that or is that just part of the process and that's just how it works for you? You know, um, I haven't really thought about it like that, but that's a very good point. Um, I always say like uh, my, I have the best job in the world because I get to write my problems down and complain about them and get paid for it. Um, yeah. But I guess uh, to that point, yeah, it's a little weird sometimes. Being in Nashville, it's not as crazy now. Um, but like when you're in a small town and you're writing about songs about people in a small town and they saw you with that person two months ago and they're like, I know who that's about. Like it, it changes the dynamic a little bit, and especially like when you see them and they're like giving dirty looks like, I know you Taylor Swift in my ass. So like, so you got to be careful <laughs> here and there. So, well, I, you know, when you, when you are writing, I mean, does the inspiration always come from say something in real life, uh, whether it's you or someone else, or is it just maybe, like you said, even joking on, on a shirt, you know, like just kind of collaboration, spitballing things and an idea pops in. You know, uh, a lot of times it comes from a, uh, from a real life experience. However, uh, we'll embellish a lot on a lot of things. Um, but for example, a song we have coming out on the new record um, that we're working on is uh, called Old Ford. And my guitar player and I were just sitting in a bar one night and he goes, dude, it'd be great if we told a story about like this kid getting his first car, like have it be like a Mustang. And uh, then, you know, he gets a little older, buys a pickup, gets into construction, doing the workforce, which is exactly how my life went. I bought a Mustang when I was in high school and it wasn't a 68 like the song has, but it was an 08. But um, <laughs> And then uh, bought a pickup, and then like as he gets a little older, meets uh, you know meets his wife, and uh, then he has to trade the truck in on an SUV. But at the end of the song, you know he gives the gives the car back to gives the car to his kid when his kid turns sixteen. So um, I don't know. I thought that was a really cool kind of magical story about things, and um, so yeah, sometimes. But those tend to take a lot longer because you want to make sure all the logistics line up. Versus with uh, with the personal experience stories, usually they fall out of you in about five minutes. So <laughs> it's a little bit of both. But um, personally, I enjoy the personal stories more. I don't know why. I just I, I like telling the true stories and having someone go like, "Did that actually happen?" It's like, "Yeah, no, life's weird." So. <laughs> well, I mean, some of the best things that you can tell they they come from real real life experiences, and and you kind of touched on it too. I mean, I'm guessing some more music's coming, album coming. I mean, what? What can you say on the record that won't get you in trouble? <laughs> on the record, I can say we have new music coming in 2022. So that's that's in what capacity or what quantity, rather. Can't really divulge yet because I don't know all the details and all the plans that the, the powers of B have yet. But uh, um, I, I can definitely say we got some new music coming. It'll probably get led with a single and then uh, more later. So... I like it. That's a good tease. That's a good tease. Now, you know, I know in Iowa and in other places, you've gotten to open for some some pretty good names and play for for some big names. You know, I mean, from Joe Diffie to Billy Currington and even Ashley McBride. I mean, what do you take from from those type of experiences? Um, you know, uh, sometimes good memories, sometimes bad memories. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, but man, some of those folks, uh, like Ashley, man, playing with her was so amazing because she was telling she was just down to earth as hell. I mean, she, she, there's no, no ego in that girl at all. And, um, she was, we were sitting back there and she was telling us how she lost her. I think it was, she lost her 
publishing deal the same day that she won a CMA award for new artist of the year or something like that. And I was like, man, that's so good to hear. That's so refreshing just to like see, you know, even people that are making it struggling and, um, or, you know, hearing that they had to struggle to, you know, it kind of brings it to a real level. Um, basically, I think it's a professionalism is more or less what you take away from that. Um, because once you've been in that circuit and played with those people, you ca- you tend to carry yourself a little bit different because you watch what you say around a lot of people. Um, because you don't know, you know, maybe their tour manager also manages five other people or, you know, they might have record people, record company people there. And, um, and, and not even that you have to be on your best behavior, but I think it just, it, it puts you into a different tier that, um, makes you respect yourself a little more too, you know, like I'm actually doing this. I'm playing with the people that are the the big people, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that my biggest takeaway for all that is, uh, is just, um, having, having an appreciation for what we do even more. Well, and then, you know, I also saw where a show that I know you did a lot there, uh, every year you play pets for vets. You also play some other different types of, of things like that. Why, why are things like that so important to you and stuff that you keep doing? Man, it's so crazy. Um, I started playing that fundraiser, uh, partners for Patriots is the fundraiser and they do yeah dogs for vets every, uh, every year. It is the greatest organization. And I mean, you see some of these vets come in with their dogs and they train dogs for people that, you know, get, uh, they'll have, blow-ups like in public where they you know they lash out in a crowd and this dog will sense the guy's blood pressure rise and they don't get him out of there um he'll just start acting like you know pulling on him just to get him away from a social situation that he might not be able to easily exit you know um other people you know flashbacks in their dreams and stuff like that and the dog will sense when they're gonna have a flashback in the dream or when they're acting out when they're asleep and just smother them and other ones just there to help them stand and it's so amazing because um, Cindy Brody's the lady that runs this organization is her name. And she's out of Anthem, Iowa. And she does this all for, I mean, it's non for profit. So they give these dogs, if, you know, if you know about anything about these service dogs, they can cost anywhere from like 70 to $150,000 for this dog. She has these puppy raisers. They, they raise the, the, the puppies and bring them to uh, training and all that stuff for about nine months. And afterwards, these puppy raisers give them away back to the organization because they're each dog is in specifically trained for a specific task for a veteran. And then they do that so that they don't gain an attachment over a service. Um, so they give it back. They give it back to the organization. Dog goes to the vet um, and they give it to the vet completely free of charge. I mean, there's absolutely no red tape with anything. They just they want to help veterans. And the more funding they get the more volunteers they get um the more they can do the more dogs they can train and the more veterans they can help and man i don't think there is a a a, uh, a larger group of people that have given so much of their lives for the place that we live that are more disparaged um in in the sense of you know you have guys that were in roadside bombs in iraq and afghanistan and and you know in the early 2000s and early teens and and, you know, and they come home and they can't get a job because and they can't go out and do social things and anything like that. And no one wants to help. No one cares. The VA doesn't care. Um, so it's up to organizations like these to help these people that have given so much. And my heart just goes out to all those folks. I always try to do as much with the vets as I can because I respect the hell out of them. And I, you know, 
I, I think it's the, the greatest fundraiser that I've ever seen, you know, and it, I've been personally impacted to be able to play this for so many years. And uh, it's an honor. And she, she always laughs at me, Cindy does, because I'm like, well, we'll come back every year. And she goes, oh, yeah, you know, you're moving to Nashville. You're going to go do the big touring thing. And, uh, you know, we'll see if you have the time. And I'm like, no, I, I really am making it a prerogative to make time for this organization because I love them. I love everybody involved and I love all the people that they've helped and I can't wait to meet the people that they're going to help in the future. That, that is awesome to hear. And, and, and that is just an amazing organization and, and it's, it's always, it's just, it, there's just something about being able to give back when you can. And, and, and I love to hear that. And if you want to, and I'm almost done here, but Dane Lewis official.com follow him on social media, find him on OnlyFans. <laughs> um, just to see what he has. And I guess my last question for you, Dane, is uh, anything else folks can expect from you this year? I mean, that you're, that you're allowed to say or, or tease? Yeah. Um, songs and show announcements, man. We're working on some really cool stuff. We're working with some really great people. Um, man, uh, this record that we've been working on, and I'll say record, you know, because that can be any length. But <laughs> um, the, these songs that we've been able to kind of crank out the last couple of weeks are the best that we've ever done. I mean, it, it's, it's far beyond anything we've ever, a lot of people know, you know, I, I released some underground stuff a couple of years ago. A lot of the, the older fans know, and I, uh, I've since removed that and whiskey wears off has been the flagship since then. Um, but these songs that are going to be coming out, um, it, I think people are really going to be taken aback if they've been a fan so far. And if they're a future fan, it'll, it should be pretty easy to hop on the bus with songs like these. And, um, we got some really cool shows coming up this summer that I'm super excited to play. Um, and, uh, we're going to find out, uh, really soon what, what the plan is for the coming years. So, uh, hopefully everything goes well in the next couple of weeks, uh, some different meetings that we got and, uh, we'll see where it all goes, man. Stay tuned. I can't, can't wait to see, see what, what, the the future has for you. Cause I, I've, I've enjoyed whiskey wears off. I'm, I'm excited to see the rest. And like I said, follow him on social media, danelewisofficial.com to, to keep up with all the latest info and Dane, dude, this was a blast. Thanks Jonathan. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one, man.